What's up, everybody? Uh, today we're going to be talking about um, Fury 48. That happened this weekend. And we have the Corey Sanhagen and TJ Dillashaw fight to talk about from the UFC. And then we are going to be talking about this upcoming fight, uh, which is going to be the Uriah Hall and Sean Strickland fight. This is Devin the Bear. Let's go. Let's do it. So uh, <clears throat> this past Sunday when uh, we were able to catch the Fury fights live uh, pretty early in the card. We saw Jonathan Davis get a 20-second submission on Mason Icabellis. And, um, man, it was a very, very deep guillotine. Mason went yeah. for the takedown, and he got that in quick. He snapped and got his neck. And at one point, like, you see Mason's body just kind of hanging there, and Jonathan just lets go, and he's out cold. Um, it's well, a When it happened, uh, he had him choked out. And then kind of the ref wasn't really picking up on it. And so he kind of lifted up his body and yeah. dangled it a little bit. Yeah. It was really sad. Uh, it was just tough to see that. Yeah, it was. It was um, It was a hard fight to watch. What really sucked is we, we got to meet uh, Mason's cousin. We just happened to be sitting next to her. And we were hyped. We were like, okay, cool. Like, you know, you came all the way from Austin. He's from California and stuff. And then it, it's just part of the sport, though. You know, uh, wins and losses, there's nothing you can do with it. Mason's also really young into his career. It's yeah. only his third pro fight. So I'm sure he'll come back better from that. Jonathan, who's 23 years old. I mean, he's a young prospect, obviously, trains out of a four-ounce fight club. And, um, I mean, it was just a good choke. It looked like he didn't even have both, like, arms. It was like a one-arm guillotine. One-arm guillotine. And then uh, whenever he finally, like, torqued on it, kind of, he, like, it was like a like, reverse or a naked choke almost. Uh, when he torqued on it, that's when you see Mason's body go limp. And it was like, man, that was, he got submission of the night for it. If you want to check out the, if you have UFC fight pass, go and check that out. If you, or if you have Instagram, go to Fury fighting, um, Fury fighting's Instagram. They have a picture of it and you see yeah. how deep it was. Uh, Mike Jackson also got pictures of it as well. He's there at every Fury event, just about taking pictures. Um, man's the hardest working dude there. Did you see that when we saw him, he was just nonstop taking pictures of everything, editing, yeah. posting them right then and there. Yeah, um, but it's one, as far as Mason goes, it's one of those things uh, where you just have to train your body to not leave your head out when you go for a takedown. Throw, yeah. your, throw your head into their chest, throw it to their opposite side. Um, that way they can't get a hold of your neck. Um, uh, one of the other fights that was pretty notable was Matthew Mooney and Alex Black. Alex Black, we've talked about it on here before. He's been fighting for a very long time uh, on the local scene. Um Matthew Mooney, uh, we ran into his mom, actually, on the yep. line in the door. Um, and they have a jiu-jitsu gym. So I, I was like, this guy's jiu-jitsu has to be great. And when they first engage, there's a little bit of stand-up, and then it goes to the ground. And I was like, okay, this is where it gets interesting. Yep. And Alex Black was kind of controlling the ground game. And I yep. was like, okay, what's going on here? And then... Alex Black slaps on a rear naked choke. He's got the positioning for a while. Never really had the choke. It became more of a crank. Um, and what ended up happening is Alex Black taps out. And I kind of caught it at the end. We we saw what happened in the replay and we're like, oh. And Matthew Mooney had a figure four ankle lock while he was getting put in a rear naked choke. Yeah. Which, yes, that's some absolutely very high level jujitsu yeah to be to have that type of awareness like to be fending off a choke with your hands while initiating a submission with your feet that's some insane dexterity yeah that is very impressive yeah i remember when we were watching it like that's where i was because you have alex black who's also a jujitsu instructor when he trains out of then you have matthew mooney which the school that the um what's it called association he with is there's his family's jujitsu school uh, over in Vider, texas and so um it's uh what was the name was it was it mooney brothers mooney boys mooney boys jiu-jitsu yeah and so it was just uh it was good awareness by him to just know that okay like he stayed calm he went out there ready to throw hands and then he when he got taken down there's just he stayed calm he was relaxed even when he was in the choke he showed no signs of of stress no signs of um just being just you know not being unaware like in so whenever you see the replay and he twists his ankle like that. Um, what's it called? Like I saw that, I was like, man, that it, was smart to just to get popped, that. Uh, Alex Black's knee out of place too. Yeah, he saw his knee like pointed out, like yeah. it was bad. And I mean, you gotta be ready for anything if you walk out to Pantera. Yeah, that was that was also really cool it. too watching him walk out to Pantera. But yeah, but good job to Al, uh, Matthew Mooney for that one. 
Yeah. Some uh, other noticeable win was the knockout of the night by Joey Elzia. Um, it was a beautiful head kick knockout. Put the guy on a chair, sat him down, and finished him. Yeah. Uh, that was very exciting. Uh, another one was um, Arut Pogajan fought Josh Altum. I was very excited to see Super Glue fight again. Uh, he stepped up last minute into a higher weight division, and he didn't get the win. He no. went in there, and he was trying to pull guard. He was trying to roll and get something. Uh, but Arut was just making a pay on the feet. And at one point, Josh, though, dropped Arut. Um, but the fight was pretty back and forth on the stand-up, but Arut, being the bigger, stronger guy, yeah. got the uh, took took advantage of it, and he got the win by TKO. Yeah, and so like like we talked about too is like he took a that fight on two weeks notice in a weight class that's not his you know he went up a weight class to take yeah. this fight he doubled down on himself but it's like man to go in there and just do that and they were slugging dude they were throwing down yeah. but it's, it's a lot like Chris Martino yeah. you go in there and you take this fight uh, sort of last minute you have nothing but a gain in that even yeah. if you lose the fight you gain some respect you gain some understanding of what it's like to fight at a different weight class uh you you get to learn i mean it is what it is yeah but anyway moving on to a pretty controversial fight uh the jacob silva and randy villarreal fight um randy villarreal was able to get jacob silva down several times throughout the whole fight yeah uh, pretty early on jake was fighting off fighting it off with the triangle going for arm bars um but a lot of it ju- was just being held down um randy was just able to utilize his wrestling to keep jacob on his back um whenever they would get to the feet there'd be a little bit of scrabbling and then right back to the ground yeah which is i was kind of surprised to see there's uh not really i wouldn't say hesitation at all but it's just kind of a stalemate on the feet from both guys you know um so when it came to the ground it was just more about who okay who's going to get the control on on that you know yeah and then the end of the fight is where the controversy kind of comes in yeah uh there were a lot of shots that may or may not have been illegal um but at one point, Jacob ends up on top, and Randy, Vera, Randy Villarreal has wrist control on both of Jacob's arms, and he has his, his arms pinned down to his chest, and Jacob's looking at the ref like, hey, you, you want to stand us up? We're sitting here doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, and they get up to their feet, and before Randy can fully get up, Jacob throws a very, very aggressive knee, and then throws an axe axe kick to the head i believe that there's one more kick to the head as well um you'd have to look into the fury rule set to see if that was legal um but it ended up going to a decision giving randy villarreal the win um very interesting ending yeah and like like kind of we discussed too is like um i i think that what happened was it with the shots, like they were, I feel like they were illegal shots uh, for Fury to go in and get approved for those. It's for like you know knees to a downed opponent or kicks to a downed opponent. Like they have to go through the state athletic commission, and the state athletic commission already has its set rules. They're not going to go and change it for something, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, but it was more just like kind of heat of the moment. You know, they both knew that it was coming to the end. They had to make something big happen. Uh, neither of these guys wanted to go to decision, but um, it was more on the referee. On uh, Rob Alexander. Rob Alexander yeah. was the referee for this fight and another one that we're going to mention later. Yeah, which, well, I mean, so there's that, and he doesn't say anything after the fight. He's laughing about it. It's like, you know, someone a downed opponent just got kneed and kicked in the face. Like, well, how are you not going to say or do anything? I understand that because with the knee, like, uh, whenever it happened, Randy went and got another, uh, went for a takedown after that happened. Yeah. He was still fighting, so I'm guessing that maybe that ref just decided, hey, you know what, like, he's still active, he's not hurt, let me keep it going, but then whenever there's, there's the axe kick to the face, it's like, all right, man, like, what the fuck? Like, I know there's 10 seconds left, but that's against the rules. Like, why, why aren't you doing anything about that? And so... um yeah, so the, with you're talking about the other incident. Yeah, there's a good fight uh, with uh, Levi Howells coming in, taking Mouse. on uh, Levi Mouse. Levi Mouse and Teruto Ishihara. I don't want to keep saying Howells. I, I said it at the event too, and I saw his fucking name on the TV. Written. Yeah, and so uh, 
Yeah, he took on uh, Ishi Teruto. Teruto Ishihara. Yeah. Um, and it was a pretty good fight. It was very back and forth. Levi looked good. Um, Teruto was patient and doing his thing. Uh, he's always fun to watch. He's a very entertaining character. Yeah. But Levi came to fight and ended up getting him in a rear naked choke and choked him unconscious and then had to hold on because it wasn't stopped. Yeah. And then had to continue holding on because it still wasn't stopped. Yeah, I and guess... Then I'm he he had to have let up a little bit because uh, Ishihara came to, and then the ref stopped it. Yep. Guess who the fucking referee was? Robert Rob Alexander. Alexander. Fuck our, that our guy, buddy. So uh, that guy's a piece of shit, and he should. This guy. So I ended up looking into because I was completely dumbfounded by this, and so I remember at one point I, I like I even yelled. I was like, "He's out!" And then the crowd was like, "He's out! He's Every, out!" Yeah, everybody recognized that yeah. Ishihara was unconscious and, and went limp. I went back. Everybody. On, I went back on UFC Fight Pass and I watched that that fight, and even the commentators like, "I don't know what the ref's doing. Like, he's out. He's out, ref." And then like even they're trying to tell him he's out, and um. And so apparently this guy, Robert Alexander, went to the same – he went to Big John McCarthy's refing school. And he needs to go back and fucking take this course again because a lot of the things that – like those three things right there from the illegal strikes, including uh, the both illegal strikes and the uh, choke being – like uh, with Ishihara being out that long because I went in uh, – like I was just completely dumbfounded by this. So I went and watched. He was out cold and the choke was on for probably about six to seven more seconds. And um, you see Levi House Mouse, excuse me, Levi Mouse. He loosens up the grip. It was a great rear naked choke. He had that fucking yeah. thing in. He tied his arm up. It was very high level jujitsu that they talked about with this guy. This guy has a twister submission when those aren't easy to get at all. And um, but it's just like you see him kind of. He does loosen up a little bit, and whenever he tightens it back up, uh, just fucking for the boy when the ref finally steps in, that's when Ishihara wakes up, and it's like, dude, who the fuck is this guy? Like, you, you got you got to ask yourself when you're in there, like WWBJD, what would Big John do? And uh, like, he needs to ask himself that a lot, and he needs to ask himself, hey, should I still be refing or not? You're a smart fucking guy. Um, you know, when I read it on your referee page, you're a, you work at NASA at uh, Johnson Space Center, and so it's like, I'm sure you gotta be very very smart to work there. And deal with aerospace science and stuff like that. I probably miscorrect, uh, mispronounced that. Obviously, I don't fucking work there, but it was just it, it's bothersome to see this guy in there and just making that many mistakes when people's lives are on the line. Especially when they're unconscious and still being choked. Yeah, uh, that guy's fucking face was turning purple, dude. It, it was pretty rough. Uh, everybody, again, everybody in the crowd, everyone, everyone in the audience recognized that he went limp. Yeah, he except went, the one guy standing next to them. Yeah. I, I'm sure at one point even uh, Levi Miles probably knew he went out. Like yeah, that's, yeah. And like, so, like I said, uh, he wouldn't have come to Ishihara. Wouldn't have come to had Miles not done something about it. Yeah. And so, but with that being said, he had to have loosened up a little bit for oxygen to get to uh, Ishihara. Yeah. To be able to wake up. Uh, otherwise, that's like you said, about seven more seconds while already being choked unconscious. Yeah. And that's so, scary stuff. Yeah, a couple more seconds. They do could have ended up in the hospital or could have died. So um, yeah, fuck you, Rob Alexander. Go go back to fucking doing something else. Just don't riff. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the main event, we had Alec Williams fight Colton England for the uh, title shot, and that fight was very. The pace was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Alec Williams is a heavy wrestler. Colton England's, England's very well rounded. Um, but loves to stand and strike with people. Yep. And so in this fight, you have Alec Williams getting backed into the fence and Colton picking his shots, throwing very nice combinations, throwing knees, elbows, punches, everything. Um, and Alec Williams couldn't really get his anything going. Um, by the second round, he was falling on the ground, not able to keep going. He was so exhausted. And it still went to a third round, which surprised me. I did not think he was going to make it. Yeah. And then in that third round, he just kind of, at one point, Colton throws a combination up against the cage and backs away. And then Alec stands there for a second and then just collapses. And Colton jumps all over him and gets the finish. He had with a really dirty uppercut through the guard. Yeah. With that. And you know what's cool about that when that happened? It reminded me of his teammate, Adrian Giannis, when he landed that uppercut on Randy Costa. Um, yeah. That's what it was very reminiscent of, just like just days apart. So it was um, also cool watching, you know, the uh, Metro Fight Club guys. They were really in support of their corners. They were coaching each other. We saw Adrian Giannis and Mano Martinez there. Um, 
helping out their guys because uh, in their corners and stuff. So, <clears throat> but yeah, man, uh, I really like watching Colton England fight. He throws down. He's another uh, Metro Flyco guy. So yeah, he's got his dad in the corner, and they he was so excited when Colton won. Yeah, that dude went nuts. It's always good to see those feel good moments. So, um, but yeah, moving on to the the Corey Sanhagen and T.J. Dillashaw fight card. Um, pretty solid fight card, I would say. Uh, a couple upsets, a couple fights that went exactly how we expected. Some fights that were, again, maybe some controversy uh, with the main main. With a main event fight, yeah, that for and sure. then yeah, a couple of fights like. Um, but we'll start with the Adrian Yanez fight. Him and Randy Costa threw down. That was very exciting. The first yeah. round, Randy Costa looked good, um, and then the second round, it was just it was all Adrian Yanez. Yeah, which is kind of I want to go back and listen, but I could have sworn I called it that this how it was going to go down. Uh, yeah. Second round TKO by Adrian, just because I just whenever I looked at. Uh, watching uh, Randy's fights, they all ended in the first round. And it's so like you look at Adrian. Adrian's been doing this for a very, very long time. Um, he's been fighting since back in high school. Uh, amateur, uh, he's been taking amateur fights since back in high school. And then he started taking pro fights not long after. And I kind of had the feeling that his experience was going to show in that fight. You know, he had a tough first round, got busted up, wasn't really, didn't have the best head movement going into that, into that first round. But the second round, he made the adjustments, started slipping the jab better. And then uh, Randy Costa just ended up just stopped throwing, and then it was just uh, all Adrian's fight after that. Thus, uh, answering the age-old question, are Reese's better than Dr. Pepper? No, they're not. No. No, they're not. Um, I know you were all wondering, but no. Uh, The next fight is going to be the Miranda Maverick and Macy Barber fight. That one was also very good, very back and forth. Uh, Macy Barber got the nod by the judges. Uh, that one got some uh, controversy too, which I had seen a few people who thought that Miranda Maverick should have won. Um, it's just one of those things where it's all up to the judges. They're gonna they're gonna decide who wins. Uh, yep. I think in that fight it was close. Not enough to really say, in my opinion, that Miranda Maverick should have won. I think she won the first round, and I think uh, when it came to the second round, I think she did enough to take that round. That was second round was a definitely a back and forth round, but um, also I thought whenever I saw it, I thought Miranda Maverick was going to take that fight and um, just by split decision, but they ended up giving it to Macy Barber, which I was really surprised by. And then you had Darren Elkins and Derek Minner, and that that fight was awesome. Um, Darren Elkins always shows up to fight and. That's exactly what he did. Uh, it was very brutal, very crazy pace. Uh, he got the TKO with ground and pound. Very fun to watch. Very bloody. Very aggressive. Yep. So um, <clears throat> the co-main event was Halion uh, Paeva. He defeated Kyler Phillips, who was the heavy favorite coming into this fight uh, by decision. Um, the first round was definitely all Kyler Phillips. He went in there and was just putting it on him. Uh, what's it called? Uh, I was watching. I remember watching the first round. I was like, man, I feel like Kyler's gonna get the st- stoppage in the second second round. And Paeva just ended up just showing life, and he comes out there, and uh, he just ended up being a, just a step ahead of whatever um, Kyler Phillips wanted to do. And he just, it looked like Kyler Phillips kind of gassed out on that second round, uh, coming into that second round, and then it was just pa- Paeva's fight for the rest of the fight. Um, so yeah. And then with the main event, you had Corey Sanhagen fighting T.J. Dillashaw, and they both looked great. That was a great fight. Um, I think with that division, it doesn't get any better than those two. Yeah. Um, and they showed that. It was a very entertaining fight. T.J. Dillashaw got the win. Um, and with that one, a lot of people had issues with that, and I, I don't. I think it's one of those things where, you know, the fights aren't scored by damage. They're scored by who did what. Um, and that historically, that's been the case. Um, but I do think that there are a lot of fights that had to be rematched because judges went by damage, and you're not supposed to do that. So it always leaves controversy that way. Yep. Um, you look at the Frankie Edgar-Ben Henderson fight. 
the the only thing Ben Henderson really did in that fight was he broke Frankie's nose with an upkick. Other than that, it was all Frankie Edgar, and yet Frankie Edgar lost. And Frankie Edgar's fight with Gray Maynard, um, that first round, Gray Maynard did so much damage. He dropped Frankie Edgar like 30 times. And then the rest of the fight was more or less Frankie Edgar taking Gray Maynard, walking him across the cage and slamming him in the ground every single freaking time. But we got a draw because judges didn't see it a certain way. So, again, it's one of those things where the judges, it's when you leave it up to them, you never know. You just you don't know what's going to happen. Um, I think Rory McDonald said it best, though. Um, the fighters are fighters. They're supposed to go in and fight. It's not up to them for the judges to be expected to do their job. Um, and I think that makes sense to me. Um, but, again, I think in this case, TJ Dillashaw used his wrestling to get the win. And Corey Sanhagen was hoping that the amount of shots that he landed or the amount of damage he did with the, with the shots that he did land was enough to win, but it wasn't. And that's what, like, I could have sworn that they had the updates to the rules <clears throat> in Nevada for uh, if you, even if you get a takedown and they get right up, it doesn't count. Or, like, even if you're pressuring, you're not doing anything with it, it doesn't count. Um, and so I... I, I, it's, it's a weird fight because it's just it goes back and forth because with these rule changes it's just like okay like with TJ trying to go for the takedown and just pressure him against the cage not getting a takedown like that doesn't really win the fight you know and so it's like you know with Corey Sanhagen because Corey landed some good shots in the first and second round and then he landed good shots in the four, in the fourth round but um, he attacked it with submissions he also he almost had an inverted triangle which TJ grabbed his shorts and pulled them up yeah to get him out and it's just like that's ain't cheating you ain't yeah, trying yeah and that motherfucker is blatantly cheating and so um he was just like oh you're about to choke me i'm just gonna show your whole fucking dick to the world like no but he um what else did he, he grab the gloves um and stuff like that and it's like okay like that's it's pretty chicken shit but um well it, it really depends on when you have these rule changes it's hard it's hard to really definitively say when it matters yeah. almost and which, which I, it sucks to say that, but you have to think about the judges and where they're at and what athletic commission they're with and, or not the judges are with, but where they're fighting and who's sanctioning the fights. It's, it's so hard to keep up with that stuff. Um, so I think for a while we're going to see fights like that or decisions like that where, the fighter who was more dominant or in the more dominant position winning, even when the rules change uh, until they change across the board everywhere is not going to matter. Yep. And again, that sucks, but when you keep changing the rules, it's hard to keep up with that stuff. Yep. That's why. And you only change it in some places. Well, that's some cities. That's the downside. Whenever you don't have unified rules. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's when, when we had Jeremy on, we talked with him about uh, with Muay Thai rules, like uh, a lot of these states, they have different athletic commissions. They don't understand how these fights go about, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's like whenever you used to have boxing judges, uh, boxing, I mean, uh, judging MMA fights, and then they would ju- they would fucking score them wrong. Yeah. You know? And that, that's, it sucks. Uh, I, I, I don't know if these, if it's ever going to be really fixed in MMA. Yeah. Um, but that's why Dana White always says, don't leave it in the hands of the judges. Um, which, again, sucks because, like, I, I agree with Roy McDonald. Shouldn't be the fighter's job for the judge to do their job. Yep. And so, uh, I mean, it's it's a lot easier said than done when Dana White says, don't leave it in the hands of the judges. It's like, you, you get in there and fucking do that. Yeah. yeah, it gets even harder the higher up in the rankings you go. Yeah. Because you're fighting the best of the best. You can't just go in there and knock them out choke him out do whatever you gotta do but with, work that way with a uh, teacher's performance though it's like i think we saw that he is 34 years old you know he wasn't he looked good but he was a step slow he's a step behind he was a step slower than what we're used to seeing um well i, I wouldn't say that because it's Corey sanhagen yeah if he went out there and did that to someone like rafael dos Anjos and that's how that fight went yeah yeah, yeah. man you didn't look good yeah um but he did that against Corey sanhagen that's a tough thing to do um it's tough to take that guy's shots let alone take the shots and then keep fighting back and land a takedown and hold it. Like that's hard to do, uh, against someone like Corey Sanhagen. So I think he looked all right. So, yeah. So, um, let's call him Corey Sanhagen. will be back. He's young. Yeah. Yeah. He's only like 28, I think. So, 
But uh, so on to this week's card. Um, we got a good fight scan between Uriah Hall and Sean Strickland. But uh, even there's some fights before that we were talking about discussing earlier this week. It's just that I feel like that people really can't look past. Or fighters, uh, we have Kai Kamako. We saw his last fight against TJ Brown. He put on a great fight. Yeah, that was a good fight. It's a preliminary fight, too. So if you have the time to sit back and watch some preliminary fights, definitely watch that guy. Uh, it's it's crazy the, um, the amount of patience that he showed in his last fights. He showed a little too much patience, and it cost him the win. But um, he's very, very um, he's very good. You know, he's a top prospect in the featherweight division that we're going to see around. I think we're going to see around in a lot, um, a lot more. And so uh, even in the uh, the headliner for the prelims, we have Nico Montano coming back after a year being off. And she's coming back at Bantamweight, so she's not fighting at Flyweight anymore where she was the champion at at one point. Interesting. I didn't realize that her fight wasn't interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And so uh, I guess she was having because she just had too many issues with weight cut to 125. I know she got hospitalized um, in her fight against Valentina Shevchenko, which I know she got a bunch of shit for because everyone said that she was scared of her. And even Valentino's like, no, yeah, she doesn't want to fight me. And so oh. uh, I can't really blame her, though. I wouldn't want to fight Shevchenko either. Either of them. They're both fucking scary. Yeah. Unless you're Jeremy. Apparently, he likes fighting them. <laughs> so, um, But moving on to the main card, we have it opening up with Brian Barberina and Jason Witt. I feel like that fight's going to be super fun. Brian Barberina always shows up, yeah. always throws hands, uh, but knows how to mix it up as well. Um, and Jason Witt, same thing. Uh, he's always going to show up to fight. He's always very exciting. Um, he's got several knockout wins and he's got several submission wins. He can do it all. Um, I think him coming off a loss is going to make things a little interesting. Um, cause I kind of feel like it's his fight to take. Yeah. I think Bar- Brian Barberina is very good, but I feel like Jason Witt is going to come out on top. So uh, I like watching Barbarina fight. Like you said, uh, I don't know too much about Jason Witt, and I probably do, and just probably just don't realize it honestly. But um, but yeah, uh, it's it's gonna be. I think that fight can easily just steal the show that night, though. And so uh, the next fight we have a flyweight match with uh, Zaruk um, Adashev and uh, Ryan Benoit, which I'm interested to see how this fight goes before the fight even starts, in the sense that. Um, Ryan Benoit had a super tough weight cut his last fight. He weighed in at 129 pounds and could barely even stand on the scale by himself. He was completely fucking drained. You could see every muscle in his body and not in like a cool way either. Like he wasn't fucking shredded. He was completely out of it. Like, um, the weight cut got to him too bad and he's known for having issues making this 125 weight class, but so does, um, Adeshev. I mean, he was, he's fought at Bantamweight and Flyweight his last fight. Might not have been his last fight, but one of the fights he's had in the UFC. He um, his first fight in the UFC, he missed weight at bantamweight by uh, three and a half pounds. And so the question is, is just gonna be like, can he make one twenty five? Like, if you can't even make bantamweight, then what's what are we doing here? You know. Yeah. And I understand that his weight cuts are hard. I've never cut weight to sit there and say anything. But then again, these guys are professionals. These are this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to make the weight. You you signed the contract to make this weight. You knew what you had to do to make this weight. And um, I've been saying for a while that I think Ryan Benoit needs to move up, though. Uh, I think he would have much better success at at uh, Bantamweight versus Flyweight. Flyweight's a tough cut for a lot of these guys. We're seeing it even with somebody like Davison Figueredo, who's having issues making this cut. Um, and so I think it's going to be just kind of like if the, either of these guys miss weight. That's what I'm going to be kind of on the lookout for. But, I mean, it's a good Flyweight fight. Uh, I'm always excited to see these little guys get in there and fucking – his smaller weight classes get in there and do that, especially flyweight. I was about to say, I mean, I guess not so little. Yeah, I'll say they're they're, they're <laughs> not very little now. Uh, they make me look smaller than I already am. Uh, but it's like I always look forward to these flyweight fights because I feel like it's a class, uh, it's a weight class with so much, um, so much potential to do something great. You know, you have somebody like Brandon Ray who's a champion. There's finally life in the division, so I feel like with these fighters, though, they need to go out and show that hey, like I should be uh, considered one of these next top guys. Yeah. Um, I feel like in that fight, Ryan Bonoit's going to take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Zar- if um, if Zaruk wants to win, he's going to have to make it a decision. But I think against Ryan Bonoit, that's going to be a very hard hard thing to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, after that, we have Running Yaya and Kyung Ho Kang, which this will be Kang's first fight back uh, from his military leave and. 
from in South Korea. And between him and Rainey, I feel like that's going to be a really good, uh, should be a really good fight. Uh, both guys are very experienced, been very, fighting for a very long time. Um, I can see it being very back and forth, and I can see it going to decision um, stylistically. I feel like Rainey should win that fight, but I'm going to go for Kang. Yeah, uh, Honey's been around for a really long time. The dude's been uh, fighting... He's been fighting since the WEC days. He was fight. He was one of the top guys in the bantamweight division over there. He fought uh, Eddie Wineland at one point for the championship, and it's crazy to see that this guy's still doing it. He's still competing with uh, in the uh, orga- in an organization that's supposed to have the best fighters in the world. That he's still up there doing it. I think so. uh, Kang fought Alex Caceres in like 2012. Really? Yeah. Or well, he fought him, or he. And it got overturned, or he didn't fight him because Alex Caceres tested positive for marijuana. Fucking, god damn it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's gonna be a good. I think that's gonna be a good fight. Um, I think it's gonna be a really, really good fight. I always enjoy, like I said, watching these small weight fights. You guys just go at it, and I think Honey's gonna bring it. Uh, I don't know too much about the other guy. He's very good. Um, he just his last fight was 2019, I think. Yep. Um, it's just been a while. Yeah, uh, but I think I think he's very good. I think he's gonna. He's from South Korea. Yeah, yeah. These South Korean guys throw down though, dude. They all do. They yeah, do. They, do, they do really Choi. Do. Yeah, Duho Choi. You got uh, Chan Sung Jung. I always mispronounce his name, but you didn't this time. Oh uh, yeah, I did good <laughs> this time. Um, and so yeah, man, they they really do these South Korean guys. They're just they're they're built different, man. They get the fuck down. And so I think it's gonna be a very very fun fight. That fight also could easily be fire of the night, and or it could be performance by the for the of the night by one of these guys. So, but yeah. So onto the main event, we have uh, Uriah Hall taking on Sean Strickland, and um, yeah, that one's gonna be a fun one. I think so too. Uh, we well, everyone knows who Sean Strickland is now, so that's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, uh, cool. We were joking earlier before we started recording. Is what if Uriah Hall? Torqued uh, Sean Strickland's arm just like Orlando Sanchez did to win the fight. Yeah, but like I always said too, is like, what if he breaks it? Like, what if he says "fuck it" and just like snaps into it, just crack, just completely breaks that elbow or breaks his shoulder, and he just walks up to the camera and it's just like, I do this, I fucking break people. He needs to accept it. Yeah, he's a monster in the best kind of way. You just happen to be in the in the uh, profession that is perfect for what you're <laughs> capable of doing bless you thank you uh you go in there and you break people yeah like go in there and break them then because that's you're getting paid to do that uh he's like you had said before he's always seemed to have this mental obstruction holding him back and i think a big part of it is he doesn't like hurting people yeah i think it's embrace it though because look at what your job is yeah embrace it and go in there and break people in half like you did Chris Weidman's leg. Yeah. Oh, gross. Come on, man. <laughs> at least say Adam Cheller or some shit or Bubba Jenkins. Not Bubba Jenkins. Uh, Bubba McDaniel. Yeah. Well. I he, can't he, see. He what broke their spirit. I can't see on my eye. <laughs> yeah. I can't see nothing. Dude. Uh, yeah. What's it called? Uh, go back and watch his highlights from the Ultimate Fighter. He blinded a guy for like a fucking minute like or two. Yeah. And he, he knocked one guy out for like five minutes. Yeah. And then he fucking knocked out Andrew uh, Dylan Andrews from Dylan, the bottom. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Andrews was he in guard or full mount? He was in he was in full mount. No, no, I'm sorry, he was in guard. He was, he was in guard. guard. Yeah. yeah, and Uriah Hall knocked him out from the bottom and then rolled on top and finished him. It was yeah. freaking insane. His Ultimate Fighter run. Yeah, and Kelvin Gastelum being such a good wrestler won the series won the season. Yeah, but everyone expected so much from Uriah Hall, and instead we got. A very splotchy record. Yeah, we. Uh, it's like, hey, can we get uh, the Sp- Anderson the Spider Silva? Uh, and then your mom says, no, we have Anderson the Spider Silva at home. And it's Uriah Hall. It's Uriah Hall. Oh, uh, Uriah Hall is supposed to, was supposed to be something special. Now he's just thirty eight. Um, I still believe he's he's something special. He's I fucking think, great. I think he's honestly, be there. I think he's fun. Um, and I know we probably should talk a little more about Sean Strickland as well. But um, it's one of the things where it's like with him, it's just, he's such a character in a sense like it's it's very weird because like he's really fucking good but when it comes down to him fighting he's just like you said he just has a mental blockage towards it he doesn't like hurting people he sees what he does to these guys and um i know whenever he uh when he knocked out anderson silva like he like sat there and he's very emotional yeah. with anderson after the fight 
when he broke uh checked a fucking Chris Weidman's leg kick and and stuff when he checked Chris Weidman's leg kick he was he felt bad about it he didn't when mean he, for that when to he happen. knocked out Adam Chella on the Ultimate Fighter yeah. he felt bad when he knocked out Bubba McDaniel's he felt bad yeah. he feels bad when he hurts people but it's like dude you hurt people in training yeah like. He talked about he's on the when he broke his uh, Chris Weidman's leg. He said that he said he's done that to two people in yeah. training. Like you're good at this. Yeah, embrace it. Maybe take it easy in training as you know best you can. It's it's not your fault. You're a brick wall. Yeah. Uh, but hey, man, use it to your advantage. Imagine go out there and let go. He goes out there and like absolutely decimates fucking Sean Strickland, and he looks at the camera, says, "I'm built different," and he cracks an egg. <laughs> he cracks a fucking egg between his gap and he has in his teeth. Like, oh like, damn. god! <laughs> <laughs> like, like damn, dude. Like this motherfucker really I'm is built, built different. Different. And just you see his fucking teeth come together. Like, <laughs> like damn, fuck. Uh, but yeah, man, it's just it's it's hard. It's like it's it's more of a mental warfare he has with himself. That's why he never really did anything with it. Yeah, like exactly like that, <laughs> and it's just it's a mental warfare with himself that he has, and it sucks to yeah. see it because like uh, he could have easily been one of the best in the world. He probably couldn't have been fighting for the championship already, but when he gets tested against these guys who are in the top five, like what he did against Robert Whitaker, like he did against Paulo Costa, he did really good in the first round, Paulo Costa, and then he comes out, then he just loses this, he gets TKO'd in the second round. Um, with Sean Strickland though, I think Sean Strickland's the more well-rounded fighter. Yeah. Um. But I don't I don't see it going to the ground. No. I think if Sean Strickland wants to win this fight, he's gonna have to mix it up. Go shoot for a takedown early just to keep your eye hall backing up. Yeah. You're worried about the takedown. And you're gonna be able to throw in a takedown every now and then, or at least clinch up every now and then. Yeah. To keep him worried about the takedown, but that'll help that'll help open up your eye hall for some strikes real easy. Um, so if I think if Sean Strickland wants to win that fight, that's there for him because he's the well more well-rounded fighter. Um, but I think if I had to choose, I would choose Uriah Hall. Maybe I'm just still hyped up about that uh, check by on Chris Weidman. Like, yeah, that was freaking crazy. I was so upset, but it was crazy. What's crazy is Sean Strickland has a loss by spinning back kick. He got knocked out. Oh by yeah, him. yeah. And we all know Uriah Hall is very, very good at that. Yep. Spinning back pick, kicks, uh, hook kicks. Uh, he knocked out Gegard Mousasi by, with a spinning back kick straight to his face. Yep. Um, that was a freaking good one. But Yeah, because Gegard went right into it, too. The way he like he went to do something. And it uh, it might have been like trying to go for a takedown, trying to duck the kick. But, yeah, he kind of went down and just caught the foot straight to his face. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm going to go Uriah Hall. I think so, too. I think... Um, all right, I hope he's worked on his takedown defense, and I would think that he has, and I think it's going to end up staying standing because that's just Sean Strickland just likes that. So yeah, uh, what's it called? Uriah Hall is very very good um, defense. Yeah. Obviously, uh, if I was Sean Strickland, I wouldn't throw any kicks, um, punches. He has really good head movement, so probably not punches. Um, <laughs> just stand there. Yeah, just <laughs> probably just go to the ground. But the thing is, well, obviously we just saw that uh, Sean Strickland doesn't have very good grappling either. And uh, Orlando Sanchez showed that. I like, don't think that that's at all what that means. No, nah, I don't know. I'm just talking shit. Uh, <laughs> okay. But fucking, but I don't know, man. I mean, uh, Sean Strickland, I, I don't know if he decides to go ahead and threaten with a takedown, though. If you're going for a takedown against somebody, like, I'm sure you're right. Hall is very good takedown defense. But um, I think what, Sh- what Sean Strickland's going to just have to do is really just pressure him. You look at these fights that um, Uriah Hall's loss is because of pressure. These guys are able to withstand whatever storm that he brings, and then they match it, yeah. and they turn up the intensity, and then uh, Uriah Hall just wilts under the pressure. So, and so who do you got? I'm going to go with Sean Strickland because I feel like a lot of, he's getting a lot of shit, and he didn't do anything wrong. So, yeah. Maybe. I don't I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But, oh. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to lead into the Bellator card. Oh, shit. I forgot about that fight. Yep. We got the Bellator card coming up. Uh, it's going to be Bellator 263. Um, on the prelims, we have a lot of notable names. We have uh, Georgie Karakanyan. We have... Um, <clears throat> excuse me. We have Kasan Magomed-Sharapov. Um, going into the main card, we have Goiti Yamachi. That's going to be a very fun fight, uh, him against Chris Gonzalez. There's Brent P- Primus fighting. Usman really? Nurmagomedov is fighting. And Mads Burnell is fighting. I'm very excited. I'm a huge fan of Mads Burnell. Um, 
anytime there's um, any Scandinavian-based fighter, Denmark, he's Danish, um, I'm all about it. And he's very good and very entertaining. But the fight everybody's there to see is Patricio Freire, and he's fighting, or Pibble, he's fighting AJ McKee. That fight's going to be crazy, and mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to watch AJ McKee fight all the time, but against Pitbull, it's going to be nuts. It's a very tough fight. Yeah. Uh, th- this is one of the fights that, um, and this is one of the fights that, man, if you have a chance to watch this, watch this fight. This is a fight of who is the best fly- uh, featherweight outside the UFC. Yeah. Um, it sucks that neither of these guys have ever found the UFC before. And I don't, I don't think they will either. No. Uh, uh, I think if pitbull wanted to fight he would have done it a long time ago yeah and uh kind of the same with aj mckee him and his dad neither one of them i think are going to be interested in never messing with the ufc anymore yeah um did his, did his dad ever find the ufc uh he may have but i know now he's not going to yeah i mean um it kind of happens with these guys they they've been around for a while fighting outside i mean aj mckee's only 26 he's young you know but it's just a question of like these guys are able to make a very very good living outside of the UFC, you know. Yeah. And when you have sponsorships and you have stuff like that, I think um, if you can avoid the UFC and you can put up a good uh, and make a good living off of it, then do it. it reminds me a lot of the young bucks from wrestling, like for they do pro wrestling in AEW. They their thing was they just wanted to prove that you can make a living without having to wrestle in the WWE. Yeah. Um. With this fight. I think, boy, it's hard to call that one. Yeah, they're both they're both very well rounded. Uh, they both bring a lot of power. I'm gonna give it to AJ McKee. I think so too. He's 17 and over a reason. He has. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I think where Patricio, um, he, I think he has a slight natural power advantage coming into this fight. But um, you know, he's a veteran as well. He has. He's got that range though. Yeah. So I don't know if uh, Pitbull's going to be able to get in on McKee. And if he does, uh, who th- who shoots for the first takedown? Yeah. Because I think once it goes to the ground, it's just as interesting. Yeah. Uh, because they're both high-level grapplers. But I think McKee looks better on the ground when he goes. Uh, Pitbull just looks strong on the ground, but McKee looks technically very sound on the ground. So it's, it's, it's kind of a toss-up. Uh, but I'm going to go McKee. AJ McKee. Um. Yeah, uh, I might as well go with you on that one. Uh, oh yeah. Also, AJ McKee's dad fought one time in the UFC. Once. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't remember if he did or not. Um. But yeah, I can't imagine them him ever telling his son to go fight in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Even if they offered. So yeah. Um. And uh, I think. I don't know. I would like to see AJ McKee win. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It would just make things different with um with Pitbull. It's kind of the story if he wins, it's like, okay, like, where do you go now? You yeah, know? he's beating everybody. Yeah. Uh, my thing is, uh, if he loses, I hope he doesn't get a rematch. Immediate rematch, I yeah. should say. Um, it's it's not one of those things where I think it's going to hold up the division or anything. It's just one of those things. I don't want to see a rematch right away because if he loses, I want to see him go back and work on himself mm-hmm. uh because he's he's got some losses but he's never had a major loss i don't yeah. think so you get a major loss what do you do now how, how much better can you be so i'd like to see him work on himself and then come back uh same thing with mckee if mckee loses i want to see him work on himself come back uh fight a top five guy and then see what you can do against him how much better can you get that's what i want to see so yeah. yeah as far as um any MMA news as of late? Uh, we won't have too much to talk about at the moment. Um, but uh, I did see something that I don't, I'm sure you saw this too. Stipe Miocic is talking to, uh, is it one? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's very interesting. His quote was that he doesn't feel like he should wait around for a rematch. And I don't blame him. Uh, he, he fought... Francis, Francis got his rematch. He fought DC. DC got his rematch. Uh, so why can't why can't he get a rematch? So with the um, 
with the um, Francis fight, Francis had to fight a couple times to get that rematch. He, he had to fight guys that he felt like he didn't even make sense against. Yeah, and, and he was so, pissed off about the Rosenstruck fight. Yeah, and so with uh, Daniel Cormier, I mean, the rematch with that, like it was the immediate, the, the, the premature trilogy yeah. fight was, um, I mean, it made sense because uh, going in, I felt that it was 2-2 two and two in the fourth round. Going in with um, Stephen Miocic and Daniel Cormier, so to where it's like Daniel's last fight was going to be for the title because they were one and one, you know. And uh, Stipe's point is like, you know, I get where he's coming from because he has defended the title three times. He was he's the most he has the most title defenses as a heavyweight champion. But it's like, dude, like you really didn't do much in that rematch against Francis to prove a point. He did rock him. He rocked him and he got knocked the fuck out. Yeah. And so that but first round, him. that first round, I gave it to I gave it to Francis. I gave, I, I thought Francis took that first round of the rematch. Oh well, yeah, Francis took the whole fight. Yeah, and there so, there was not a point in that fight where Stipe looked better than Francis, mm-mm. except for that second that he rocked him. And he and rocked then him immediately. Fucking nasty. Got knocked out. He rocked him bad. Yeah, you, you saw you saw Francis' eyes roll back. Uh, he, yeah, he, he, he they hard. rolled back and he he stumbled backwards. It, it all happens very quickly, but it's right before Stipe gets knocked out. Yeah. He, Rocked him, and then he jumps in and gets hit by Francis. Yeah, with a strong-ass jab that just completely twists <laughs> his fucking knee behind him. And it's just, man, like Trevor Whitman, something about this guy's jab. He works these guys' jabs really well. <laughs> but have you noticed that? Like, all of his guys have a strong jab. Kamaru. Kamaru has a strong jab. Justin Gagey sets up well with his jab. Me. Rose Namahunez. <laughs> and so, uh, you, I mean. <laughs> just kidding. And so, uh, it's just... Um, I mean, I understand his frustrations with it, but do I think him getting a media title shot makes sense? I think he was on the end of his career, then yeah, do it. Why not? Um, but if he's going to go to one, I mean, I feel like that'd be good for his career. Why not go make a fuck ton of money over there? Because whatever the UFC's paying him right now, they're going to, yeah, one championship is definitely going to match whatever well, he's getting paid. If he does that, people are just going to say he's running from Francis. That is true. And, I mean,. I feel like that's a stupid thing to say. Yeah. Because look at Francis. Wouldn't anybody else? Yeah. Stipe fought him twice. Yeah, and he still wants a rematch after and getting knocked out. He still wants out. a rematch, and you think he's running away from him? I think that's stupid. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna be said. I know it is. If he goes to one, it's gonna be said. Um. So yeah, if y'all have any thoughts on Stipe moving to one, let us know. Oh, and another rematch has been made official. Uh, D- Douglas Lima will be taking on Michael oh, Venom yeah, Page again. Yeah. So so stupid. How could I forget? <laughs> uh, Michael Venom Page is so entertaining. He's one of my favorite fighters. Um, which I know that some people have said, "Oh, well, I don't understand how you like him. You don't like showboaty fighters." It's like, no, I love showboaty fighters when they go in there and finish their fights, just like old school Connor. Say old school is really only a handful of years ago, um, but. I love seeing that because when you see a guy who's that much better and they show it, it's it's just crazy. It's so fun to watch. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like Anderson Silva or Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz, when they go in there and they showboat and they taunt and they trash talk, but they don't finish the fight. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to say, but Anderson did finish his fights. He could have finished them in the first round if he wanted to. He just didn't. Um, but with Michael Page... His uh, loss to Lima was he was showboating and started moving around in the weird ways that he moves around and he got caught for it and knocked out. And so this rematch is interesting because he does, does he go in there and do it again? And if he does, that's kind of just part of his fighting style and his game plan. So does he do it again? And how well does it work? Uh, Does, does Lima come in overconfident now? Yeah. Who knows? It's going to be, it's going to be a freaking firefight, though. They're going to be throwing down. Some uh, more fights that have been made official as well as Taito Iviasa versus uh, Walt Harris. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I don't really like that matchup. Uh, I think it's a good fight for both these guys, though. Uh, he, I think Taito Iviasa could have had a, a higher-ranked opponent. Yeah. I mean, he's not even. I don't even think he's in the top 15. He might not be in the top 15, but he should be, and I think everybody yeah. feels that way. Um, Walt Harris is... Is he tenth or is he lower now? He's probably lower now since he lost. I would imagine he's lower now. Um, so Walt Harris is on his way out, and he's on his way in. So in that sense, I guess it makes it, it's logical. But I just I feel like he should be fighting someone who's a little bit more firm in the top ten. 
Yeah, and then uh, some more fights have been booked. Um, made official, actually. They've already been kind of uh, talked about. They were announced, but now they're official. Is Kayla Harrison taking on Jenna Fabian? And also, uh, Ray Cooper the third is going to be fighting uh, Rory McDonald. That's the fight we've been waiting for. Yeah. Um, boy, it's going to be fun. Yeah. And um, what else happened? Did you see uh, McGregor's tweet at fucking Khabib? No. So uh, something happened. Something was said with Khabib, and uh, something he tweeted something saying, "You know, good always defeats evil." Oh, and, about his dad. And then, yeah, then he and said, the "Rona." Yeah, he's like, "Is yeah. uh, so?" I'm guessing the Rona is good, and your dad is evil. <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck." That was messed up. Ali Adelzi tweeted back at him, said, "Don't worry, your time will come." And you think Connor, if he fought Islam, how do you think he would do? Terrible. Yeah, I think he would do terrible. I think as he well. would. Uh, he would have to starch him in the next, like first two minutes of that fight. I agree. And if Islam ever gets him down, it's over. Um, standing up. He can't back up. Connor can't back up. If he backs up into the cage, that's not going to work out well for him. Yeah. Um, so you can't back up too much, but that's part of Connor's style. So I don't know. He'd, yeah, he'd have to finish it in the first two minutes, I think, as well. Did you? I saw a clip and someone actually screenshotted a UFC embedded with Justin Gaethje when he's fighting Khabib. And uh, pretty much the whole fight, he like the game plan was is to stay in the center of the octagon, not to be anywhere with the cage and Khabib. And so um, worked out well. Yeah, <laughs> he still ended up there, and it's hard not to. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think with that, it's just like, all right, man, like that's another sleazy thing you have to say. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah, it's a rough one. So yeah, and on that note, we'll go ahead and end this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let us know if you, what you guys think uh, about these fights coming up, about these fights happen. If you caught Fury 48, let us know what you thought about the ref. Rob Alexander, going to say his name again, Rob Alexander. Yeah. Uh, let us know what you thought about those fights. They were pretty fun. Uh, we had a great time. Y'all take care.